Hello and welcome to the RBC Broadview Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoy this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. It's lovely to be with you all here on Valentine's Day. Um, So this week we're continuing to work through our series that we've called Awake My Soul. Um, If you were with us a few weeks back, Andrew shared in our um, opening for the year, our vision for the year, um, about the events of last year and still continuing this year um, have caused many of us in the world um, to become what has been described as more awake, more aware. Um, There's been so many uncertainties. um, There's been so many situations of having to approach things in new ways, in different ways, and habits and routines have had to be revisited or taken apart. Um, And the needing to adapt has jolted us out of our comfort zone in little ways or big ways. And it's caused many people to ask questions um, about things that maybe we took for granted before, Um, things that maybe we just assumed happened because of our own efforts. Um, And people are realising just how how much is out of our control. And that can be overwhelming at times. Uh, But our prayer is that this jolting us out of our comfort zone is not for nothing. It can have a purpose. This can be something that God can use. Um, It can lead us to to discover or to be reminded of our real need for God. And at Broadview, both as individuals and as a community, it can ignite our hunger to seek after God, to seek to know him better, to wake our soul to what he could be saying to us what he wants to do in our lives and in our world. So this series that we're looking at over three weeks, we're going to explore three important ways to help us grow in closeness with God, to become more awake to him. Because it's out of our closeness to God that everything else comes. It's our connection to God that empowers us to love him well, to love others well, and to live as he calls us to. We want to become more awake to God We want to become closer to one another and awake to God's mission to his coming kingdom. So this series started last week with Dave speaking to us about being more awake to the spirit. Next week, we're going to look at scripture. So come back for that. Um, But this week, we're looking at prayer. What do you think of when you think of prayer? Prayer is something that's often presented even in a secular context. Um, So movies and TV shows often show people in crisis crying out to something or someone, even if it's they don't know exactly who they're talking to. Um, We've seen this presented in movies where people are often kneeling by hospital beds or searching for lost children, situations of crisis, and people cry out to something or someone. One of my favourite TV shows and arguably the greatest television show of all time, um, The West Wing, Um, show about the President of the United States and his staff in the West Wing. But there's a really powerful scene in this show where someone close to the President dies very suddenly in a car accident. 
and the president, the most, one of the most powerful people in the world, um, is suddenly faced with a situation that he has no control over. Um, and this particular scene um, from, uh, from one of the episodes um, called Two Cathedrals, the president stands in the middle of this empty cathedral um, and he is in prayer, but he is furious. Like, he rips God to shreds. Um, he is angry and he's furious and he is grieving and he swears at God in Latin um, and he gives God such a telling off. And this is a prayer that is so honest and so heartbreaking. And even in a secular context, even not viewing this from perspective of um, being a Christian and knowing God, this scene makes so much sense because something within us desires connection with something bigger than ourselves. To cry out for help when we know when we can't do it alone, to acknowledge that there is something bigger than us in the world. And there's a verse in um, Ecclesiastes, I think, that says that God has placed eternity in our hearts. We know that we are, um, we are more than, than what we see, than um, what we experience. Um, but prayer is so much more than this. Prayer is more than just crying out to something. Prayer is communication with God. And the word communication tells us so much because it's something that goes both ways. When we pray, we have the opportunity to talk to God, to talk to the creator of the universe, and to hear him speak to us. Um, last year, one of the small groups, um, Andrew spoke about our small groups um, briefly this morning. Um, this, one of the small groups was reading through the book, um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Um, but this book talked about spiritual disciplines. So things that we do, rhythms, habits that we choose over and over in our path of following Jesus. Um, and John Mark Comer, the author, presented that when we read the Gospels, it's not just here's some nice stories and some nice things that happens, but it's actually this is the model that we imitate. This is what we emulate. The life of Jesus is something that we copy. Um, we're not reading just a nice story like we'd read our favourite book about someone something in a situation and it's in a little box. Um, but Jesus lived his life with certain spiritual disciplines um, and it's these practices that we imitate, not as an end to themselves, not just Jesus did this so we did this, but this is how we follow Jesus. And one of these rhythms, a um, very significant one, is prayer. Jesus lived his life in prayer. And sometimes we can think that we fall into the trap of we just pray because that's what good Christians do. Um, being a good Christian means we get up, we brush our teeth and we have our breakfast and we pray. Um, and yes, absolutely, we need to pray, but that's not the end in itself. That's not the purpose. Thinking this way can sometimes lead to being legalism. Done my prayer, ticked it off, fine. Um, but prayer is not the end result. Prayer is our means for communication with God, to be in relationship with him. The end is life to the full with Jesus. Andrew and I, when we put our kids to bed every night, we pray with them. Um, and it, not because it's something that you tick off your list, like brushing your teeth, but because we want them to grow closer to God. We want them to know that good things come from God and we want them to live their life in an attitude of thankfulness to him. We want them to know that they can tell him about things that they're worried about 
And we want them to know that when they need healing or forgiveness or patience, that all of those things come from him. And that is why we pray that God wants to hear from us. Um, John Mark Comer in The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, you, you know what I'm talking about, the book from earlier, uses the example of a trellis in a vineyard. So vineyard vines are tied to a trellis. Um, but the end goal isn't neat rows of vines. The end goal is a nice glass of wine. We don't have a trellis to have vines growing straightly. We have a trellis to have the vines, to have the wine Um, Prayer isn't the end goal. Prayer is the means by which we grow closer to God. Ruth Haley Barton says that prayer is all the ways in which we communicate and commune with God. The fundamental purpose of prayer is to deepen our intimacy with God. Prayer isn't a duty, but an opportunity to grow in our relationship with God. Intimacy can be scary because it means being vulnerable being honest with God. Do you pursue intimacy with Jesus or is it something that you kind of shy away from? And sometimes being honest with God can look like that scene I described from the West Wing where we can be pretty angry with God. Um, But God can handle it. We can absolutely come to God and be angry um, because he is there even in the midst of our angry, grieving, disappointed prayers. Um, When they're directed at God, we're still coming to him. We're still going to God. So we're directing things at the right place. So as I said earlier, when we read the Gospels, we can imitate what Jesus does. We read about Jesus living his life in prayer. We can see how he prayed, the situations when he prayed. Um, But also... Um, In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus explicitly teaches us how to pray. So we're going to look at that a little bit this morning. So Matthew 6, verse 6. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. So verse 6, when you pray, close the door and pray to your father. This idea of closing the door, Jesus is telling us, is not to pray as something that we're showing off about. Prayer isn't performance, but it's how we encounter God. It also means that we can be uncertain and uneloquent and honest, um, as we can be when we pray. Prayers are for God alone and he understands us. But the idea of closing the door is also about making prayer a priority, not letting other things interrupt our time with him, allowing space to slow down and listen to him, not just speak at him. Sometimes when we pray, we can fall into the trap of not coming to deepen our relationship with God, but instead coming to him only with the expectation of him solving some short-term problem and I know that I'm guilty of this Um, sometimes when I've had a big decision to make um, I just want some really like instant wisdom um, really clear answer of what to do Um, sometimes I I go to sleep at night and I'm like well God spoke to other people through dreams so maybe I'll wake up in the morning and I'll just know what to do Um, 
this is probably a pretty common experience. I don't think I'm alone in, in wanting quick answers from God. But prayer is so much more than this. Sometimes when we speak to other people, especially people that we might live with or work with, sometimes when we're not being intentional about our contact with them, sometimes all the conversation is just information. Who's going where at what time? Who needs what? Who needs, who's making dinner? We need more milk. Um, I've been at my current teaching job now for five years and the people that I work with have been largely the same for five years. Um, and we communicate really regularly, but the majority of this has just been information. How students are going, where in the curriculum we're up to, if there was homework that was set that needs to be checked. And often this is done in a quick email or a quick text. That's communication, but it doesn't mean that we're getting to know each other. It's not enough on its own to know someone. This is different from real conversation where you slow down and really listen to what someone is saying. Sometimes when we talk to people, there's interruptions and there's lots of things going on and that's understandable and normal. But real relationship, real intimacy also needs time of full and undivided attention. So when Jesus talked about closing the door, this means allowing space for this to happen. We see so many examples in the Gospels of Jesus praying by going off by himself, away from everyone to talk to God the Father. I should clarify that this doesn't mean that we can't, that we have to only pray by ourselves. That's not correct. Um, and the Bible is full of examples of people praying together. Um, so many examples of, in the book of Acts in particular, of the early church coming together to pray, um, of Christians praying for one another. And here at Broadview, we pray together often. So each Sunday um, during the week as a church family, and we want to intentionally make prayer a larger part of our community. We want to seek God together. It's a privilege to be able to approach God together. Um, Andrew already talked about our um, prayer every Sunday before our gathering at 10am in the cafe. Please come and join in with us. Um, but we also need times of cultivating intimacy with God and growing in our relationship with him. So going back to Matthew chapter 6, Jesus goes on to say in verse 9, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. This prayer of Jesus is known as the Lord's Prayer. We sometimes say it just as I did just then, using um, these words that might be very familiar to you or, or new. Um, and there's something comforting about having these words ready to pray together as a church family. Um, once I went to teach my kids this prayer when they were much littler, only to find out that the Lutheran primary school they were going to at the time had already taught them. This prayer can also be a model it can teach us and remind us of all the things that we can come and say to God. Verse 10 says, May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
And these verses declare that God rules over all things. They say to God, we want your kingdom to come on earth for everything to be set to right. And it's the acknowledgement of trust in God that his kingdom is good and right. And saying your will be done is letting go of our own way and giving control to God and his way. We don't necessarily know how things are going to happen, but we trust God that his will will be done and that he is good and right. In verse 11, we read, Give us today the food we need. This reminds us that we are dependent on God's provision. Sometimes it's easy to think that we do it all ourselves and we strive and we worry and we work and we forget to just give it over to God. And it's a reminder that we can ask God for things big and small. Psalm 5.3 says, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. And Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. By presenting our requests to God, we can hand things over to him and the knowledge that he sees us, even when prayers aren't always answered as we expect. We're not presenting God with a shopping list, but we're saying, these are the things that worry me. These are the things that concern me. And these are the things that I'm giving to you and trusting you with. It can be hard to understand why things happen the way that they do. But in God's kingdom, the now but not yet kingdom, all things will be set to right. And in the meantime, we can trust that God is with us, that he sees us and we can present our requests to him. And verse 12 says, Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. In these verses, we can come to ask God for his forgiveness and ask him to help us to extend forgiveness to others. Um, last week, I um, came along to Alpha um, in the cafe here at Broadview, um, and we talked about forgiveness and how sometimes it can be hard. Um, and this is why we pray about this, because this is something that only God can do. And the last part of this prayer says, don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And this is where we acknowledge that we need God's guidance and his wisdom and his protection to be able to represent him and his kingdom well, to be able to follow him well. When you're surrounded every day by um, selfishness and gossip and bad drivers, it can be tempting to react. And I need to pray every day for God's guidance to live as he wants me to. This is how Jesus taught the disciples and us to pray. We pray each day so that we can draw close to God. Being awake to prayer is not just about prayer as an end to itself, but it's to be awake to relationship with God. Not prayer as a duty, but as communicating with God, a way of becoming more like Jesus, to become closer to him, to become more like him. We can become more awake to prayer as a recognition that God's way is good, that we are dependent on him for our needs, that we need his forgiveness and his empowerment 
to forgive others and his wisdom, guidance and protection. As a family at Broadview, how can we become more awake to prayer? Come and pray with us Sunday morning. Find someone to meet with. Say, let's catch up and pray together. When you see people, make prayer a part of that as well. Um, We can become more awake to prayer in our individual relationship to God. And as a church family, we can um, bring things around him, around us that we see, bring them to God. Uh, Tell him that we trust him. Um, Pray your kingdom come. Let's pray. King Jesus, we are thankful that um, that we can talk to you. We're thankful that um, when we pray that you hear us, that though you created everything, you created the universe, we can still talk to you, we can still have relationship with you. Lord, we ask that you help us become more awake to this. When we are anxious or stressed or worried, remind us to come to you in prayer. When we pray, don't let it um, be something that we're we're doing to tick off a list, Lord, but um, remind us that this is an opportunity to come and meet with you. Um, Lord, may we be more awake to you, to what you're saying to us as a church family. Um, We know that it is only as we grow closer to you, Lord, um, that we can become more awake and more aware of what you're um, doing in the world around us, Lord. And we want to encounter you each day. Lord, help us to do that, um, both, both as individuals but as a church family as well. Lord, we are so grateful Um, that we can come even in our honesty and our, um, we don't have to have the right words, Lord, but you hear us, Father. Amen. Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through the Hub online at thehub.rbc.com .org.au or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.